If you're a believer, you are not doomed to hell, period. So that lie needs to go away. You need to pray against that lie. Um, it's not about performing or loving enough or doing all the right things to get into heaven. We have nothing to do with getting into heaven. And you're not doomed to hell if you've accepted Jesus into your life because he did all the work to get you there. Well, howdy. Welcome back to the Real Marriage Podcast. Pastor Mark Triskler with my best friend, Grace, my wife, Grace. And uh, we are doing a short season of special episodes where we answer your questions. If you've got one, you can send it into hello at realfaith.com. Sweetheart, you picked this one. You thought this one would be interesting to dialogue and discuss. And it really is about addiction in general. And it's a big problem for a lot of marriages and a lot of families. In addition, uh, it became an increasingly bigger issue during COVID in the last year. Uh, people were at home. They were drinking depressed. a lot. They were depressed. Drug sales were up. Uh, a lot of places, weed's now legalized. And so you're mm -hmm. just sitting home, getting your government check, ordering weed and having alcohol delivered to your house. Mm -hmm. Probably not the go forward plan for life in the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you read the question and we'll jump right in. Uh, I wanted to know your thoughts on being married to a non-believer who is an alcoholic. Very difficult for me at times. I pray every day for patience to not hold resentment and for God to soften his heart that he may find the Lord. That needs to remain your prayer. That's a great prayer. Um, not going to lie. Sometimes I think leaving him would bring so much peace as I feel that my resentment and loss of affections toward him will, for lack of a better word, doom me to hell. But I hope that maybe the Lord will use me as a way for him to find God. While he is not physically abusive, my daughter and I have endured many years of nastiness and belligerent, embarrassing behavior. And the sloppiness that comes with alcoholism literally disgusts me. And I feel guilty for feeling this way. I pray for him all the time. Is the Bible against divorce? Rough. So the first thing is for those of you who are single and listening, and many of you mm -hmm. are single and listening, thank you for tuning in and or your parents who are, you know, parents of adult kids as yep. we are that are headed toward marriage. Uh, oftentimes when you're dating, engaged, getting married, and you're a believer and you're with an unbeliever, you think, well, I can work around it. I can make it work. And you're not seeing the people that aren't in the family yet. Mm -hmm. At some point when you have children, you're adding them. Yep. And that's a tremendously, so being married to someone, if you love and know the Lord and someone doesn't know and love the Lord, they have this, you have the spirit, they have the flesh. Mm -hmm. You're under the authority of God's word. They're under their own authority. Um, you understand forgiveness. They don't. Um, all of this to say that, um, if somebody doesn't know Jesus, they actually don't understand the most important part of you. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And then when you add a child to it, it becomes way more complicated. Mm -hmm. we, you know I mean? I mean, I couldn't imagine you and I trying to raise a child if one of us was no, not a Christian. No. no prayer, no Jesus, no church, no, um, no Bible, uh, no Holy Spirit. Like, I, I don't know what we would do. So mm -hmm. that being said, uh, we're sorry for the situation yes. you are in. Yep. Um, and so she brings up the issue of divorce. And her first question is, you know, is God going to doom her to hell? Is God going to turn her back on her? Is God going to punish her? Is Absolutely God... not. No. If you're a believer, you're not doomed to hell, period. So that lie needs to go away. You need to pray against that lie. 
Um, it's not about performing or loving enough or doing all the right things to get into heaven. We have nothing to do with getting into heaven and you're not doomed to hell if you've accepted Jesus into your life because he did all the work to get you there. Um, we need to live according to the Holy Spirit's conviction. And that's what it looks like you're trying to do here. You're praying for patience, trying to not to hold resentment, praying for his salvation. And that's awesome. Your primary goal should be that the Lord would save him. Um, but again, that's not you're doing, that's the Lord's doing. And so you're trying to wait patiently, but then you're seeing the effects of this, the not physical abuse, which is a key statement, because if there is physical abuse, that's a whole nother answer to this question. That's a legal issue. Yes. And you need to get help for that and potentially get out of that situation if there's harm being done to you physically. This is emotional abuse. It sounds like this is one side of the story. So we don't know all the sides, but um, it, it's definitely been harmful to you and your daughter. Um, and you've endured years of this, it looks like from your question. And so I encourage you to continue to forgive because that will keep you from bitterness and that will keep your heart soft toward him so that there is every opportunity for him to get yeah, saved. This is the first Peter three, Yep. you know, trying to win over with love and, and kindness and godly attitude. And, and just to, I would add, what comes to mind, I mean, you're asking, okay, if I do something to try and change my situation, what will God think? Romans 8, it begins by saying there's now no condemnation mm -hmm. for those who are in Christ. If you're yeah. in Christ, uh, condemnation happened at the cross and Jesus was condemned. And yeah. so the condemnation is taken care of and it's over. Amen. And then at the end, it, it asks the question, well, what, what now can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. basically summarizes nothing. And mm -hmm. so the condemnation is not for you. And now God's love is for you and nothing can separate you from God's love. Mm -hmm. If you believe in and belong to Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that being said, this raises a very, very difficult, complicated series of issues about divorce. Mm -hmm. And Christians are going to debate ad nauseum. What are the quote unquote biblical grounds for divorce? Uh, there's one well-known church, um, creed, um, confession of faith that on the matter of divorce, I'm summarizing basically says it kind of doesn't matter where you land. People will organize their circumstances to be the exception to the rule. <laughs> Meaning, you know, if you say, well, you know, to get out of divorce, you need X, Y, and Z. It's They'll amazing make that happen. <laughs> if you're in the flesh and you're mm -hmm. trying to get out, mm -hmm. you're going to find a way to make X, Y, and Z fit. Yeah. And so the Bible is clear in 1 Corinthians 7, desertion, uh, mm -hmm. the unbeliever leaves. That's mm -hmm. not the case here. Yeah, then you're not um, bound. Sexual adultery and immorality, which there's no indication of that. Um, as well, though, there is uh, a line where Jesus says that Moses permitted divorce, quote, because of the hardness of yeah. heart. And um, when someone has a hardness of heart toward God, and toward their spouse, there reaches a point where there's really not much of a functional relationship. They just stop caring. They stop trying. Uh, this is where people can just be very mean, very cruel. And it's almost like they're just going to make your life so painful that you fall for divorce so mm -hmm. that they can point the finger at you and say you're the one that made it happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but the truth is that every day was like just a slow erosion of life mm -hmm. until there was a bit of an avalanche and it all just fell away. And yeah. so, you know, it sounds like that's what's in process. And in addition, however, to divorce, 
The other variable that oftentimes gets overlooked is the child. Mm -hmm. Because there's not just the husband and wife here, there's a little girl. Yep. You know, and for those of you that, you know, can't see us because we're just doing audio today, sitting across from us is our daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think of um, watching her go through that. Is yeah, watching. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you you can't just say, you know, what about the divorce? That that is for sure an issue. But is this a healthy environment in which to raise a child? Mm-hmm. And that is an entirely separate matter, and it's an incredibly significant matter. Yeah, and I think before you even, because the enemy knows that he's trying to get you divorced, and we don't we're not going to tell you yes or no, you need to get divorced in this situation because that's not our job This would job be a here. professional, a yes. Christian counselor, a I pastor. would say I would go to prayer and I would ask um, the Lord to give you wisdom and insight into this. But I, if it was me, I would approach Christian counseling um, with a really godly Christian counselor um, that is willing to talk this through with you. Um, I would tell your husband, I am going to go to counseling because I want to be the best version of who God has for me. I want to be a healthy person emotionally, physically, mentally. I would get help for the daughter as well. Yes. And get help for the daughter and invite your husband to come with you at some point, whether it's in the beginning or along the way, I would continue to offer the option to him that I'm really working on things that I know I need to heal from and work on. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to come with me as well. I would continue to make that an option for him just to see if the Lord would soften his heart and answer those prayers that you've been praying for a long time. And if he's willing to do that, that's ideally where you want to be so that you can actually have a marriage where he's saved and you're walking in newness in Christ together and learning to trust each other in new ways. I don't know if that's what ultimately the um, outcome will be, but I would say I would work personally, I would work toward that in every way I could before I pursued any kind of divorce statement. Well, and just in general, so just to move from the marriage to relationships in general, I'm pretty simple kind of bottom line. And I, I say a lot, you know, when I'm counseling people, there's really only three kinds of relationships. There's healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships, and no relationship. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. And and when you boil it down, the question is, you know, if he's unwilling to have a healthy relationship because of the drinking and the drunkenness, then you really are left with two options, an unhealthy relationship or no relationship. And honestly, that's a pretty brutal set of options, mm-hmm. especially with your spouse, mm-hmm. especially with a child in the middle. Because usually with the dad, even if the dad is a drunk, usually the daughter still loves her dad Mm -hmm. and tries to think the best about their dad and to separate a child from their dad. It's it's, it's a lose-lose because if the dad is drunk, that's breaking the daughter's heart. And if you separate the daughter from the father, that breaks her heart. It's a lose-lose for the wife. It's a Mm lose-lose for the daughter. And so... um, you know, you can continue in the unhealthy relationship. Um, you can um, work toward a healthy relationship, or you can reach a point where you decide that it's so unhealthy that it would be better to have no relationship. Mm-hmm. You can't come to these kinds of conclusions quickly or isolated. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a bad day and be like, that's it, today I'm done. Yeah. It's, you can't make an emotional decision in a moment that lasts for generations. 
Number two, you can't make it in isolation. You can't mm-hmm. just bring in your family that'll take your side or your divorced friends who hate their husbands That's right. or your single friends who don't understand or your non-Christian friends at work who don't have any wisdom or the spirit. You've got to decide who is the wise counsel I'm going to mm-hmm. invite in to help me make this decision as to whether I continue in an unhealthy relationship, mm-hmm. work toward a healthy relationship or decide to have no relationship. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you're probably feeling the pain and the loneliness of this. Who needs to come in and be part of that process with you so that if and when you do make a difficult decision in either direction, at least you know it wasn't just you in the flesh. It was a, it was a, the Bible says that there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Mm-hmm. And I always say you need to have a clear conscience in your decisions, especially these types of decisions, that you need to know that you did everything you could before the Lord to do what he was asking and then make the decision. Because at some point your daughter's going to look you in the eye and they're going to say, mom, if it doesn't work out, did you do everything you Mm -hmm. could? You need to be able to look them in the eye and say, I did everything I could. In addition, um, the myth sometimes is if we get a divorce, then it'll be over. But the truth is, if you have a child, it's never over. Mm -hmm. There's still Christmas and there's still birthdays. There's still graduation. Someday there'll be grandkids. So it is life together. So if you want to, if you're saying, I'm not ready to throw in the towel and say no relationship, I just can't endure any more unhealthy relationship. Then there are a couple of things you can do to work toward the possibility of a healthy relationship. Uh, One would be an intervention. Mm -hmm. So maybe explain that. Who might they want to tag in? And how may they want to have an intervention? Yeah, I mean, a professional Christian counselor that deals specifically with addiction and, you know, of alcohol or whatever um, would potentially be helpful in that situation. But someone that's a Christian, I wouldn't go to a non-Christian because they're not going to be able to deal with the soul issues. And he has pain underneath his alcoholism, not to excuse him, but there's hurt that he's trying to cover up. And so dealing with that is what needs to happen. Yeah, it's almost like when you... You know, when you have a really bad headache, uh, you take, you know, take an ibuprofen or a Tylenol or an aspirin. What he's doing with the self-medicating, he's covering something. Mm-hmm. There's there's pain, there's trauma, there's hurt, there's loss, there's something that he is dealing with. And for um, for men, I, I didn't intend to get down this this rabbit trail, but I mean, guys who drink a lot, they're depressed mm-hmm. and they're suppressing whatever is depressing them. And so men are sometimes emotionally more complex than you think, but the way they deal with it is just very basic and simple. Mm -hmm. They're not complex Mm -hmm. in their response. And so there may be some things that he needs to work through or heal Mm -hmm. from or forgive. Um, In addition, in that intervention, you can bring in family and friends that may or may not know the Lord, but they love him and they see the problem. Mm -hmm. It may be family members that are like, yeah, we've we've seen this problem or good friends of his who are like, yeah, this has now become an issue. And it's not to uh, beat him up, but it's to surround him and say, we love you. We we love you very much. And you're blind to your own blindness. Mm -hmm. And we all see something and you don't, you need to trust us that we're seeing something you're not. Mm Those tend to make things better or worse. They tend to push people either deeper into their addiction or deeper into reality and getting the help that they need. The other way you can work toward a healthy relationship would be a separation. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with the separation is statistically, it usually ends in divorce. Mm -hmm. So separation is saying, I want to have a relationship, but I want it to be a healthy relationship. You're not healthy. 
I'm going to separate and I want you to see that this is really a problem and I want you to commit to getting some help and getting healthy. Yeah. And if so, then we can, we can reset the relationship. I can't continue with the current pattern of the relationship. The problem with that is if he doesn't know the Lord and he's an alcoholic, if you and the daughter move out, He's either going to get a lot better or a lot worse, probably very quickly. Mm -hmm. He's probably either going to, you know, kind of snap into reality and say, I need help. I'm going to lose my wife and my daughter, or he's going to stay home and just literally bottom out mm -hmm. and it's going to get dark fast. Yeah. And that's, that's why some people don't do a separation. In addition, statistically, a separation ends in divorce. Mm -hmm. Usually it doesn't lead to the change that you were hoping for. And so going into the process, you need to be prayerful and careful, and you'd need to be realistic about the possibility of things getting much worse or coming to an end. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the case for any and all addictions. It could yeah. be alcohol, it could be sex, it could be gambling, it can be drugs, yep. it could be you know prescription medication, whatever the case may be. Um, any other thoughts you have for this woman? She's in a difficult place and a lot of people find themselves there. Yeah, no, just prayer and surround yourself with people that are wise counsel um, and so that you can figure out your best path forward. And in as much as is possible, just keep forgiving 70 times seven so that bitterness is not in you. It's not leaking out of you and leaking into your daughter because whatever decision you make, if you make it out of bitterness in the flesh, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. um, and we always like to say you need a new marriage, but you can get a new marriage with the same spouse. Yep. A lot of people think I need a new spouse. Actually, you don't. You need a new marriage. Exactly. And our hope, prayer and goal would be that somehow in God's grace, there would be an opportunity for a new marriage with the same spouse and this occurrence and occasion. Yeah. Amen. Okay, let me pray. Father, thank you for an opportunity to try and be of some help. And the truth is, Lord, these are the kind of questions that we can provide a little bit of direction, but there's going to need to be some people who come alongside for the journey. Mm -hmm. Wise counselors who get to know her, get to know him, get to know the daughter. God, we, we remember the scripture in Proverbs where it says that somebody seems right until the other side is heard. And God, we, we don't, we don't have any negative criticism or anything. We're just, all we're hearing is one side and, and, and that's all we're seeing is one side. And so somebody needs God to see both sides, to get all the facts and evidence. Uh, maybe things are a lot worse than we think. Maybe things are better than they are being stated. We, we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and Lord, it just feels like this woman is really at a place where she's losing hope. And she's discouraged and um, she's grieved in her heart and in her soul. And she's lonely and she's concerned about the well-being of their daughter. And she's concerned about the eternal well-being of her husband. Yeah. And so, God, uh, we just pray for the Holy Spirit. And I think of James 1, 5, where it says, if we lack wisdom to ask for it, you'll give it to us in abundance. And so, God, uh, this is a path of wisdom. And Lord, she's going to need the Holy Spirit to direct her steps. And so we invite the Holy Spirit into her life and into their home and into their uh, parenting and into their marriage, into her uh, wise counsel mm -hmm. and into her process. Uh, because Lord, uh, we, can, we can give our thoughts, but you, Holy Spirit, you're the only one who can really change his soul. You're the only one who can really deliver his addiction. Mm -hmm. You're the only real one who can reconcile their relationship and make this a happily ever after story. But we pray for a new marriage with the same spouse and Holy Spirit, we ask you to do what only you can do in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen.